Hello and welcome to the Talking Transformation podcast. This is Matt Bird, the founder of Cinnamon Network International. And I'm delighted today to have as my special guest, Daniel Singleton, who is the executive director of Faith Action, which advocates for faith and faith-based organisations to the UK government. Daniel, thank you for joining me. It's great for you to be with us. Thank you for having me, Matt. Well, um, you are involved and engaged in government at many, many levels. Um, and people listening to this podcast from different countries around the world, um, their, their Christian faith uh, is going to have a different relationship to government that we perhaps have and others have. So could you talk to me a little bit about why you think faith and, and politics mix? That's a really, that's a really good question, Matt. And uh, of course, so often we find that in the UK, people try to tell us that they shouldn't mix. But we know that any part of a person um, is played out. People often refer to family, they refer to their professions. So why on earth should they not refer to their faith? So it's a really important part. And obviously, uh, many politicians um, have a, a set of uh, values or a worldview and and faith, um, faith is really important to that. And uh, for those of us from a Christian faith, we should expect that faith to invade every area of our life. So, yes, it, the politics um, has to mix with faith and it, it does give us somewhat of a moral compass. And, uh, and the, the greatest difficulty is, is navigating um, how and when to apply those different things. I often say that politics is defined as the way that we live together yeah. as a society. So. You know, if faith doesn't have anything to, to say about the way we live together as a society, it has nothing to say. Yeah. So obviously, faith and, and politics do mix. Um, you know, th but the relationship between church and government is is a tricky one, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it is. Uh, and of course, within within the United Kingdom, we also have the established church. So to some extent, uh, the Church of England is part of government it links in with government it has legal ob um, uh, obligations towards government that's different for other churches and other faiths but it does affect the mm. the, the narrative uh, and the way things operate mm. um yeah yeah and there's politics and party politics and you know in the u.s there is a unique relationship between faith and the churches um and and, and some would say well it's it's gone too far because you know there is party politics in the pulpit what do you think about that i think it's always something to to be careful of to be, uh, to avoid in that sense and uh, uh i spent uh, quite a bit of time in the states and um you can really see how those things play out and people get very polarized in their views i think it's always dangerous when we get polarized uh, there are certain moral issues that we have to regard and, and are pretty black and white but there's a lot of gray and and i think if we look at characters like um like joseph and daniel in the bible and nehemiah we see people work operating very effectively and powerfully in the grey. Um, I kind of get the feeling that uh, that sometimes we need to give some room to people who operate in the grey uh, and affect things for the rest of us. Yeah, yeah, no, I like that um, because uh, it's easy to create a world in the church that's black and white, but actually in the real world, there's lots of grey. Um, it isn't always clear about what decisions you make. Um, so what are the advantages of having a strong relationship between faith and politics. I mean, that's what Faith Action's about. You advocate 
for faith and faith-based organisations in the world of politics. What what what's to be gained? What are the advantages? Well, I I think that uh, what we see in society uh, in the UK society certainly, and I think often in the Western world we see a lot of people um, operating in an individual context and suffering as individuals and what faith does is it brings us together in some ways it's a it's a kind of um it's a family extension we 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 recognize the benefit of operating within uh communities within family groups and extended family groups and so what faith does is it gives you a network of connections a network of support of people and and uh, there's an old phrase in in the uk we talk about um, god gave us our family thank god we can choose our friends well that that sense that a god-given family both uh, natural and a faith family is a network and point of connection and what we seek to do mm. with faith action is see okay how can how can those faith connections how can they be something that aids and help um, people more generally in society, particularly those that are isolated, particularly those who are on their own. Mm, yeah. And so tell, talk to me about some of the messages. I mean, people are going to be listening to this and they're from perhaps want to engage in local government or, or, or national government in their country. What are some of the key messages that you use to get the attention of political leaders uh, on behalf of people yeah. of faith well partnership i think is often about being able to walk into a room and argue on the behalf of the other person of on behalf of your partner as much as you can argue uh, for your own case and i think one of the things that we have to do on a local level is understand what is the pain what is what is the issue that we can help bring a solution to uh in in a local area so we may be concerned about um the the uh, refuse collection the, the trash collection that might be the foremost thing on our mind but actually in a local government situation the biggest issue may be one of firing fostering uh, parents and we know that that's what um, many churches have done in the uk they've gone they've banded together across cities and, and gone to local government and said what can we do to serve and how can we help and have some kind of positive influence in that way so i think first firstly understanding what the issues are and the solution that you can bring is really key. Mm. There is a thing about language as well. We have a we have a, a particular way of speaking, a particular language we use uh, in in Christian circles. Well, actually, they have the same thing in local government, state government. They they have a different language. It's just a different, different lexicon. lexicon. So it's a case of learning the language. And I would say a lot of what we do in faith action is translation. We help one party see what the other party is saying, uh, and that can be quite powerful. Mm. Yeah. And do you think what people of faith do in the community, what churches do in the community, is that yeah, value I think for money? One, one of our key phrases of faith action is faith gives great value for money. So um, our, our, our list way is money well spent. So we, we see that often people of faith are motivated them more than uh, just getting a, a quick buck. They are motivated to make a difference. They often do it at cost. They'll often uh, cost themselves. Uh, because they want to see a positive change. Well, well, you can't buy that, but it does mean that if you give investment to a faith organisation, that, that many times they give a much better service, particularly if it's an area that they feel impassioned about. So we, we're seeing that, that yeah. again and again that is true, because often people of faith and, and uh, Christians particularly, they're not doing it 
um, to earn the money. They're not doing it even for the feel-good factor. They're doing it as part of their service and, and, and as unto God. And you can't, you can't get better than that. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Um, and so, um, you know, what? But turning it around the other way, I mean, this is some of the things that you say to government. But what does government say to you? Uh, and what does government want to? How, how does government want to engage in the faith communities? Are they bothered? Why should well, they be bothered? Ultimately, even if you step aside from faith, even if you step away, the powerful motivating factors. Uh, faith is too significant to ignore. There are far more many people of faith than not, and therefore, uh, as politicians and government, they realise that there's a huge constituent base with faith that at the moment a, a voting, voting block assaults. But actually, it's more than a voting <laughs> block because it's actually a, what we, we call it as a sleeping giant. It's a giant of possibility that can be mobilised to aid society, improve society. And that's partly, I think, the role both of politicians and, and of church leaders is to see how they can motivate and mobilise people of faith. At the moment, I'm on an advisory group for government looking at uh, opening places of worship after our lockdown related to the coronavirus. And... Uh, often government gets a little bit stuck in looking at churches as buildings rather than churches as, as people and uh, part of the thing is to help um, help bring the church out of the building help to bring the walls down and, and to help people see the powerful um, effect that church can have and uh, the service that people can have and sometimes it's hidden um, but it's very important um, so partly we need to help government see what's going on there and what people are doing mm, yeah through cinnamon we uh, we help churches measure yeah. the impact of faith action in the community and you know we as, a, as the church we're very good at communicating values through story but we're not always very yeah. good with numbers do you think government understands numbers more than the stories <laughs> i think government uh government claims to understand numbers more than stories but i think uh we find it consistently it's it's the the story that has a great effect on on people we uh we run a very powerful um and effective uh uh, franchise a creative english uh, program which uh, is, has been in over uh, 70 locations across the uk using a different approach to english language when the secretary of state came to look at it at that time uh, a chap called Sajid javid here he um, was not so much marveling about the, the figures and the statistics but he told the story about having to go to a doctor with his mum because she didn't speak English when he was a, a young boy. So that story of that personal factor is important. But yeah, in the end, there is someone, if, you, if you're looking to gain funding, and to some extent where people put their money is where, where they put their money is, it really shows what they give value to. Um, and uh, you've got to crunch some figures together at some point and show people what you're doing in effect. And actually, the, the Cinnamon Faith Action Audits are very powerful there about turning... Uh, volunteer hours into into money value. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, I, they've had a, a huge impact and have increased uh, engagement. And one of the tools that we have often um, drawn upon uh, are civic events, uh, civic prayer events. Have you ever been to a civic yes, prayer event, yes. Daniel? Um, t tell us about it and what was the impact. 
I think, first of all, um, I mean, I don't know if I've been to any of the cinema civic events, I must say, Matt, so I'm stretching back in my mind a little bit to something we, you and I were involved with way back in 2004, the Soul in the City here, and uh, there was a number of civic events leading up to that um, particular activity in London. Um, and I think what it did was uh, for the political figures who came in there, they they were they they saw the mobilization possibility of faith and what that could do and how that could bring people together and some of them actually had an appreciation that they were being prayed for or that appreciation that people were committed to a particular area we often say that faith is the first in and the last out the commitment to the area goes well beyond um, what other uh, other organizations will do so i think it communicates something in terms of the size um and the and the nature of, of of churches yeah yeah i like that the first in the last out um they're there long before some of these challenges in our communities exist and they'll be there long after yeah. they've gone and um, there's something very enduring yeah. isn't there about uh, the church and faith groups yeah, very much so very much and and i think that's part of the thing obviously we have the term ministry here we talk about um, a minister for government and that kind of thing but that term that terminology itself came from the church so uh, the church has been ministering well beyond uh, and before government was uh, even even dreamed up <laughs> lovely like it so so daniel as we wrap up today's podcast um, I'm thinking about practical mm. advice for church leaders um, in, in the UK or in another country around the world who want to engage um, in their local government. Um, what three bits of practical advice would you give church leaders who want to engage civically? Well, I would say the three things I would say, Matt, are firstly, be aware Get aware of what what's happening. What what is the pain? What is the pain and pressures on the people of your area? What are the pains and pressures on the leaders of your area? Those are key things to understand, as well as obviously your own opinion from a faith perspective. So you need to know what those things are, and and then to be solution focused. What can we do? And I would say one of the ways to do that is have a little bit of an audit of what's going on in your own church community, and in your own kind of sphere. Where, where have you got the skills and the vision to change things? And finally, this is my real tidbit, release the champions. We, we couldn't do all the things we've done uh, as Faith Action and with our, our founding organization, Lifeline, if it was all up to the church leader and the energy that they have. Um, what we've sought to do is to say, hey, there are some people that are particularly gifted to go out from the confines of, of church and make a difference. And let's find them, let's release them, let's get behind them. So actually releasing the champions is really important. Mm. Yeah, champions that learn the language of civic society and local government and beyond uh, is, is so That's important. Right. Well, Daniel, uh, it's been great to have you with me today as my special guest. Um, is there a, just a final word of encouragement uh, that you would like to give leaders listening today uh to give you the final word as it were on our conversation together yeah I've, I've been reflecting a little bit um on uh pentecost and how that was preceded by a time of absence and realizing that even in some of these difficult times that many of us find ourselves in the moment that that god can do something uh in 
in absence. And I suppose part of my thing at the moment, my challenge for myself is when these pressures come, is what, what does God want to do in me? And how does he want me to be thrown back onto him so I can direct my energies into what he's got for me? And then see the things that he wants me to see to deal with. So that's that's my current focus. Mm, I love it. Daniel, thank you so much for being my thank guest you. today. Uh, you're a genius. <laughs> Keep on being an advocate for faith uh, in government and beyond. We appreciate you what you much. do.